When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon on assignment in Chicago. Tony Kornheiser, your assignments seem to sync up awfully well with your vacation homes, don't they? Uh, hello. I was born and raised here. There ain't no vacation home. This is home. Huh? Chicago cut. Okay. You know, Harold's right, on the south side. Let me revise that. Huh? Your assignments seem to sync up very well with homes you own in various parts of America. I'm right? just on Fair the way to, to Miami. Just to stop over on the way to Miami for the NBA Finals. That's it, Tone. Stop at home. I understand that. And, and I assume Levitard will get you set up in a fabulous villa in Miami. Welcome to PTI, <laughs> boys and girls. In today's episode, Vegas takes game one of the Stanley Cup. Rose Zhang wins her pro debut, and Aaron Judge makes a memorable catch. But we begin today with Miami beating Denver in Denver last night when Jamal Murray missed a game-tying three in the final seconds. That series is now tied 1-1, as Nikola Jokic's 41 points were not enough, and Miami won the fourth quarter 36-25. Wilbon, you were there. What do you make of what Miami did and how they did it? Tony, I know a lot will be made, has been made, and justifiably so of Miami shooting the three ball to the tune of 48%. And that's a great number any night, but particularly in the NBA Finals against the number one seed on the road at elevation. That's a great number, 48%. And when they shoot the three ball like that, they're going to be really tough to beat for anybody, including Denver, who's a heavy favorite in this series, Tom, as you know. But. I thought what was as important, if not more so, was Miami's attitude. Miami's, you know, just sort of the, 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 I roll my eyes when I say culture, heat culture, but there is one. And we talk about this, Tony, coming out of game one, I expected the 48 hours between the two games to be dominated by Miami talking to each other, the heat players, coaches, staff, everybody about force. Because Pat Riley always talked about playing with more force. And that's what the Heat did. They played with great force and intensity from the start of that game. Even when they fell down by 15, they had an 11-point lead, and they fell down by 15, but they hung in there. It's like a fighter getting hit in the chin and staying on their feet. Maybe they had to take a standing eight count. But it was the fight in the Miami Heat that I was most impressed with, Tony. And I think that this series changed because of that win last night. And I'm interested to see what happens when this series swings to Miami for Wednesday's Game 3. Yeah, so I don't want to sit here and claim that I know what I'm talking about, but I told you last week two things. The first thing I said was that the shooters on Miami were going to do better in Game 2. Yeah, Because they couldn't have done as badly. Just to reverse the numbers a little bit, they were 2 for 23 in Game 1. And then in Game 2, when they added Gabe Vincent, he came back. So it's Vincent, it's Caleb Martin, it's Struess, and it's Duncan Robinson. They were 17 of 30. That's not rocket science. That's shooting. They were never going to be as bad as they were in the first game. And one other thing I told you, that it occurred to me that at some point, Miami should put Kevin Love out there with Bam Adebayo, and they ought to double-team 
They ought to double-team Jokic because that way Jokic would not have enough time to make the passes he want to make for assists. Well, he and they did that, and he ended up with four assists. In the regular season, Mike, 10 different times, Jokic had six or fewer. Four is really low, but six or fewer. And they were three and seven in that point. So Miami won that game because they maximized what they do well. And they still shouldn't have won that game because Denver was up by 15 points. 15 points. Here's what I'm curious about. And I know what you're saying about Miami. And they are resilient. And they will, they've made it a series. I'm interested in the Denver players and how they react to the public tongue lashing yeah. that their Me coach, too. Michael Malone, yeah. gave them. That was harsh. That was public. I it assume he harsh. knows his team. But you will agree with me on this. Eric Spolster never does that. He no, never does he doesn't. That. He doesn't, Tony. And Michael Malone, is he, he, he does that more often. And so maybe they're used to it. But we, quickly, about, about Joker, Tone. Joker in these playoffs has scored 40 points or more three times. They've lost all three they games. They so lose. the game That's plan right. is going to be Joker, have at it. Do your spin moves. Throw your baby hooks in, shoot threes. You can have 50. Because, by the way, Joker lost a game to Phoenix that he scored 53 in. So that is not the magic formula for Denver. The assists, as you rightfully point out, are. So, so there's a lot of figuring out to do between last night and Wednesday night in Miami. Let's move to the Stanley Cup final where the playoff hero for the Panthers suddenly looked like uh, the GOAT Saturday night. Matthew Kachuk turned the puck over in his own end. Mark Stone buried it, put Golden Knights up 4-2. And later, Kachuk earned a game misconduct for popping a defenseless Nicholas Haig in the face. Tony Kachuk has been getting the lion's share of credit for the Panthers' postseason success. So are you ready to give him some blame for Florida's game one loss? Yeah, I, I, I think that's only fair. He made a bad play. I think he couldn't clear the puck at 3-2. And then it got to be 4-2 right away. And then he got involved in a couple of incidents, fights, that maybe he was the instigator of one or two. But ultimately what he did is one of, one of the Vegas players was being held. He punched him in the face. Punch, yes. So he got, yes. so, he yeah, punched him in the face. So he got tossed yes. for that. He, he got tossed for that. I want to look at my notes here. He has been justifiably referred to as the best player in the playoffs from yep. any and every team. He yep, has yep, put yep. the spotlight on himself, and he's earned it. So, Mike, yes, if he has a bad game and he's that important, yeah, people have to point out that he had a bad game. And that is completely legitimate. No disagreement here. But I'm going to take some time to credit Aiden Hill, the Las Vegas the goalie, goaltender, the goalie, who's been sure. fabulous, Tony. Look, I mean, he's been around the league a little bit of time. Young veteran, relatively speaking. I think it's like his fourth season. But he's a playoff neophyte. I mean, he, he comes to these playoffs, and particularly the Stanley Cup final. He wasn't around in net when the Golden Knights were in the finals. What was it, four years ago, five years ago now, when they lost to the Washington Capitals, your Washington Capitals. He's new yep. to this, and he's played great, Tony. He had a couple of stops last night that, you know, I'm so sitting in my hotel Bobrowski room now, by huh? myself, and you scream out loud. Well, I'm not off of him, and Bobrovsky may come back and dominate the next game or two, but I'm just saying – for you game do. One, you watch Hill, TV. Hill. Yeah. You watch TV. You do so much screaming out loud. People must think they're ghosts in your hotel room. They probably do. Let me do. just tell you this. Yeah. This is, there's something that lined up here. Two what? eights, 
against two ones. Oh, yeah. Both yeah. from South Florida. South Florida. Okay, Miami was in this situation because they lost game one and they had to win game two. Florida has to win game two. And the difference here was they carried the aura of invincibility into this series because their playoffs had been so great. And Matthew Kachuk specifically carried that aura of invincibility. We better carry some something tonight other than the game. No, it's off him him and it's off them right now. It's off them. Right. We appear to have a major new star in sports. Golf phenom Rose Zhang exceeded the loftiest expectations in her pro debut, winning the Mizuho America's Open in a playoff over Jennifer Cupcho. Zhang dominated the amateur ranks and is now the first woman to win in her LPGA pro debut since somebody named Beverly Hansen, maybe you remember, Tony, edged Babe Zaharias in the 1951 Eastern Open. 51! Tony, we thought Zhang making the cut would have been a great accomplishment. So how big a deal is what she actually did? So the last time it happened was 72 years ago, and Babe Didrikson Zaharias was considered the greatest female athlete of all time at that point. Yes, we thought making the cut would be good. We weren't the only ones. She said making the cut would be good. And then she went out and she won this thing. Let's just pull a name out of thin air, and that name is Tiger Woods. Let's look at their backgrounds. They both spent two years at Stanford. Tiger sent her a very nice congratulatory note on her win. Two years at Stanford. They won everything there was to win. They won the NCAAs. They won the AMs. Whatever was out there. Tiger then made his pro debut and finished 60th. Yeah. Rose Zhang finished one. She won. Mike, as you know, because I left you messages, I spent the entire afternoon yesterday and into the early evening going back and forth from Denny McCarthy at the memorial to Rose Zhang. Denny McCarthy is a local for us. He's from close in Maryland, Members of his family belong where we belong. His teacher was Bob Dolan, the former head pro at Columbia. I watched him. I watched Zhang because I watched her at Columbia win the U.S. girls. I followed her around for three or four holes. So they both, Mike, entered 18, one shot up. They both bogeyed 18 and fell into playoffs. McCarthy lost to Victor Hovland. Zhang made a fabulous par save putt to stay in it on the first overtime hole. And on the second one, she hit a rescue 180 yards on her second shot to six feet. You and I can't do that. To six feet. That was a tiger shot. I, I was mesmerized by watching her play. I, I know. You were, you were out of your mind yesterday. I, maybe you screamed out loud watching by yourself. I don't know. And people thought there might that. be ghosts. Yeah, you do. No, I don't do that. That's um, yeah, you do, because you do it for the Nationals all the time. Let me just bring up another name, Michelle Wee, because I'm not going to yeah. bring up Tiger's name, I, and I get the Stanford I, and the win. But, Tony, the last time we saw somebody enter the LPGA to such public fanfare was Michelle Wee. And, and, and it was probably unfair. Michelle, we was 14 or 15 or something like that. Too early. Zang is too early. Go- it was too early. It was just, you too know, early. And I, look, I, 20. I'm, I'm, yes, 20 She's years 20. old. It's a higher, it's a higher ceiling. You can invoke today. You can yes. invoke the names of Nancy Lopez and Annika Sorenstam and not sound stupid. Maybe in a month you sound stupid, but not well, today. Well, right? it doesn't, it doesn't today because of her debut and great yeah. So now though, Tony, look, the men's, field has got 12 to 15 people on the PGA side that, and I'm not even talking about the Saudis, the PGA side, 12 to 15 guys that you are instantly 
recognizable, that are honestly recognizable, and you lock on to them when they are on the leaderboard on a Sunday. The women's tour may not have 12 to 15, but there have been 8 to 10 regularly. And now she enters a relatively crowded field, an impressive field of young women in their prime. Let's see what happens continuously. Let's take a break. Coming up, Aaron Judge risked his body to make a great catch against the Dodgers. Is he too valuable at the plate to be doing that? And Novak Djokovic, your boy, and Carlos Alcaraz will meet in the French Open semis unless one of them loses tomorrow. Who's more likely to do that? So I watched her in the girls, win the girls, and I thought she was great, but I never, ever thought she could win the pro debut. Never. Because nobody's done it. Part in the Interruption is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action, live and in person, with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, presented by Corona, part of Happy Hour. It's mail time. When we find out what's popping with the populace, Mail see what's time. first here. A little Let's alliteration from you. Put on the glasses. Was Aaron Judge's effort on Saturday's catch worth the risk? No, Tony. I'm going to say it isn't. And I and I it's so admire. You know how much I love Ken Griffey Jr., who crashed into fences his entire career, and 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 probably shortened his career because he went for it. He did what you want to see a great outfielder do. And Aaron Judge is underrated as a fielder. An outfielder makes yeah. great catches. They're not on the level of Griffey, but he runs in the fence. He stubs his toe. He's day-to-day. The Yankees are already, through, uh, what, six games behind the Rays in the AL East. They're in the wild card mix, sure. And it's day-to-day. But if he misses a lot of time, it won't have been worth it because you need Aaron Judge at the plate more than you need him in the field. You and I completely disagree on this. I don't think you can ever put the possibility out there of a player not trying his best. Aaron Judge is a full and complete baseball player. Last week, we saw him bring two home runs back from over the wall. He made a terrific play. He literally crashed through a wall. He did that. You know, Mike, if you don't want that, make him DH. 
if you don't want this to happen with an athlete, get him off the field because I Aaron Judge try. Is, I didn't say he shouldn't Aaron try. Aaron Judge is proving what a great player he is. And he if is. the reverse were true, if he were lackadaisical, if he didn't go for it, yeah. if he did what they used to call jaking, we would have crushed him. We would have crushed no, him. No, no more power to him. He should try, Next. but it ain't, may not be worth it. More likely to lose at the French Open tomorrow ahead of their anticipated semifinal matchup, your boy Djokovic or Alcaraz? Yeah, Tony, I mean, Alcaraz is playing an opponent he's never lost to. It is a small sample size. I think it's 4-0. And Joker's playing an opponent against his, against which he's eight and one, but Alcaraz is playing Sitsipas, isn't he? I mean, that's a big time. That's right. That's, that's a right. big time match, big time quarters match. But I, Tony, looking at Joker, and I have been watching the French Open. Joker looks like loud. he's he looks like he's getting a little older. There have been some tie breaks that could have gone either way. I know he hasn't dropped a set. But I'm looking at this right. going, okay, is he starting to look whatever he is now? What is it, 37, 36, 37? He's starting to look that. And Alcaraz, as we know, is still on the way up. I, I, I'm going to say Joker could wind up losing that match. I, I am. It's interesting because he's playing the 11 seed. And like you say, he's beating them eight out of nine. Eight and one, yeah. And, yeah, and Alcaraz is playing Sitsipas, who is beaten four in a row. Alcaraz has lost one set in the tournament so far. Djokovic has not lost any. They're both rolling. I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say that he could lose to Sitsipas only for this reason, Mike. Sitsipas has been in, in major finals twice, yes, including the French has. Open. So he could. I don't think either is going to lose. But Sitsipas, remember winning. last year at the U.S. Open, and he was always going to the bathroom, and everybody thought that he was calling <laughs> yes. his coach? She's either calling his coach or calling for a big delivery of Pepto-Bismol. Enough email. Yeah. Let's take one last break still to come. Could Kyrie, your boy, pry LeBron off the Lakers and onto the Mavs? Hell no. How's that for ruining the team? And the yeah. Celtics add a veteran assistant to support Joe Mazzulla. No. LeBron's I think, not going I think Djokovic, to Dallas. I think Djokovic against Alcaraz is worth watching. That's what I really it do. is. It is. Yes, that's it. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Happy time, people. Happy belated 37th birthday, Rafael Nadal. Nadal spent his birthday Saturday recuperating from surgery on Friday to repair his left hip. There were two surgeries in Barcelona one on a tendon and one for an old labrum injury. Nadal is expected to miss five months. The French Open really hasn't been the same without him. Nadal's the greatest player ever at Roland Garros. 14 championships, including the one last year. We can all picture Nadal sliding on the red clay and delivering a cross-court forehand winner. Nadal has said he wants to return to tennis and play one more year before retiring. Tone, that's great, because nobody wants to lose Nadal. We already lost Federer. But it's, we got to give it up. We got to give it up. 
It's Alcaraz and other Tsitsipas and other people who come along. It's just, it's time we cannot weep forever for Federer and Nadal. Happy anniversary, Kyler Murray. Around this day, five years ago, Murray was drafted by the Oakland A's with the ninth overall pick in the MLB draft. Murray later signed with the A's for $4.5 million. Then the A's agreed to let Murray play one more season of college football, where he subsequently won the Heisman Trophy and became the number one overall pick in the NFL draft by the Arizona Cardinals. Within a year, he said goodbye to baseball. Now, Murray's done very well in the NFL. He's making a pile of dough. But his, at his size, Mike, don't we all wonder whether baseball would have been the better move? Tony, you know, I don't think about baseball being the better move. I just wish the team around him could be better and that he is more than just highlights. Because right now, that's what Murray is. Even when you've spent a lot of chunk of time in Arizona like I do, he's highlights. But there's no dent, you know, particularly in the postseason. There just isn't. And they fade every year in the second half of the season. And it's just highlights. And I don't know when that's not going to be enough any longer. A melancholy trails to Roger Craig, a pitcher on three World Series champions, two with the Dodgers, one with the Cardinals, and the manager of the 1989 San Francisco Giants, who were the home team when the earthquake hit right before Game 3. Craig died yesterday at 93. Craig was a rookie on the 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers, the Dodgers' first championship team. Craig pitched for five teams over 12 seasons. He was an original New York Met, and he started the Mets' first game ever in 1962. He later became a renowned pitching coach in San Diego, Houston, and in Detroit, where the Tigers won the 1984 World Series. Craig managed the Padres for two years and the Giants for seven. The A's swept the Giants in that earthquake series. Tony, his stint in Detroit is what sticks out to me. That seems to me to have been the greatest team, and he was celebrated. I mean, you know, Jack Morris was the ace on that team. Willie Hernandez was like the, the MVP, right? I mean, he was an extraordinary closer. Yeah. And Roger Craig just seemed like, I mean, he was celebrated, rightfully so. And it was a charming story that whole season and summer in Detroit. They started out great, right? Weren't they like 35 yeah. and 5 or something? That was a Sparky Anderson team, if I remember correctly. I remember Craig because of the Mets. He started, the sure. Mets started on the road well, in 1962, yeah. but he was a starting pitcher. He won 10 games for the Mets. You may not think that's a lot. It's more than any other pitcher won for the Mets because I think the Mets won like 40 games or something like that. Let's go to the big finish. Let's the do Athletic it. reports that Kyrie Irving, your boy, has reached out to LeBron to see whether he'd want to come to the Mavericks. You like that fit? It, no, it's just too dumb to even contemplate. I'm just not going. I'm not even going to go there. The Bills signed former Rams pass rusher Leonard Floyd. Is that significant? Could be. He had nine sacks, and Von Miller's going to be healthy. Sam Cassell will join Joe, Joe Mazzulla's Celtic staff. Big deal? Sam Cassell ought to be a head coach. I mean, Mazzulla could be working for him. Sam Cassell should have been a head coach. Makes me angry that he's not. Zlatan, your boy, retired from soccer at the age of 41. How are you going to remember his career? The Zlatan, we loved him. He was on this show. I'll remember yeah. it for this quote. I'll see you around if you're lucky. That's the Zlatan. <laughs> Last one. The Pirates have won five straight. Does that streak continue tonight? No, they got the A's at home. That'll solve whatever's ailing you. I don't know. Atlanta wasn't happy with it. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. And now, 
I'm on the way to Miami, Tony. But first, here's Enjoy it. Get free steak.